Has anyone played freeze tag lately? I know it's been freezing outside. When the person who is it tags you, you have to stay frozen however you are at that moment. Then you need someone who is free to come and tag you, to unfreeze you. It's always such a relief to be unfrozen, isn't it? To be able to get moving again. God sent Jesus to tag us with his love and grace, to unfreeze us from our sin and sadness. I invite you to join our third graders who get their Bibles this day. Open your Bible to John, the first chapter, verses 43 to 50, and read along with me as we read the contemporary English version. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the Law and the Prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, Can anything from Nazareth be good? Philip said, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. This is the good news according to the Gospel of John. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, Help us to respond to the calls to follow Jesus and to invite others to come and see your good work. Amen. How many of you have dripped your faucets this week or should have? The fountain outside my office sure needs to be unfrozen. There's just a small trickle of water still coming through. Isn't it amazing how one small drip of water can keep a whole pipe from freezing? Reading even a little bit of God's word each day can keep us from getting frozen in fear and frustration. Even that small drip, drip, drip of good news can keep hope flowing through us. Our third graders have unwrapped their Bibles. First, they unwrapped the white layer to symbolize this as a pure gift from God. And then the notebook paper reminding them to study their Bibles daily and reminding us too to not be afraid to take notes in our Bibles, highlighting and underlining certain verses. And then a newspaper layer that reminds us that the Bible is full of great stories. And finally, they unwrapped the plain brown paper layer symbolizing the wisdom of the ages. We wrap their Bibles because God's word is a gift to us all, waiting to be unwrapped. Now, some people get mixed up and rather than seeing a wrapped gift, they see a warped fight and use the Bible as a weapon to hurt rather than a gift to heal and to bring people together. The word of God is meant to be a gift that unfreezes us, that sets us free. And I like to see the Bible as a travel guide for this journey of life. The Bible helps us to face and navigate into the unknown. The Bible helps us form better questions when we are searching for answers. In The Chosen, we find Nathaniel crying out to God under the fig tree at this lowest point in his life. Here we see a story played out. Hear my prayer, O Lord. 
Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. Do not hide your face from me. Do you see me? Do you see me? The fig tree has always featured prominently in the history of God's people from the very beginning. You remember Adam and Eve wore fig leaves. Sitting under a fig tree was a figure of speech back in those days, meaning that you were studying God's word. In Micah 4.4, we read that everyone will rest beneath their own fig tree or grapevines and they will live in peace. This is a solemn promise of the Lord all-powerful. And then Jesus finds Nathaniel. Rabbi. Well, this is a good night. You know who stands beside you there? This is my friend, Nathaniel. Yes, the truth teller. I'm sorry? Man is often deceitful. And Israel began with Jacob, a bit of a deceiver, yes? Yes. But one of the great things about you is you are a true Israelite. And home, there is no deceit. What did you say about me? What is this? How do you know me? I have known you long before Philip called you to come and see. Don't look at him, look at me. When you were in your lowest moment, and you were alone. I did not turn my face from you. I saw you under the fig tree. I knew it. Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> he doesn't mess around. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? <laughs> you are going to see many greater things than that. You are going to see many greater things than that. In the Greek, it clearly states, Y'all will see greater things than these. The second person plural. I love their portrayal of a laughing, smile, joyful Jesus in the chosen, thawing Nathaniel's skepticism so he can say, Jesus Christ is Lord, revealing Jesus' identity. I'm told some, I told some of the third graders last week to remember two phrases from this passage. Follow me and come and see. And when you do, you'll see greater things. 
Now, you don't have to wait until you're an adult to do great things for Jesus. Jekyll Jackson was just eight years old when he helped his aunt distribute food at a local homeless shelter in Chicago. Jekyll decided he wanted to do more to help his community, so he founded Project I Am some eight years ago. Jekyll distributes blessing bags full of snacks, toiletries, a towel, and socks for people experiencing homelessness. He said, in a perfect world, I'd buy every homeless person a house, but since I can't, I will try to help as much as I can. Since he started, 135 blessing bags have been given out around the Chicago area. We made several hundred of those blessing bags on Christmas Eve to help keep people warm this week. Each Wednesday, our backpack buddies pack meals for hungry kids in this community who have food and security over the weekend. Now they get to leave school on Fridays with a backpack full of food that has been packed here on Wednesday nights. We're feeding hungry kids each week. Come and see, come and see some Wednesday night and be part of making a difference. Samantha Smith was in fifth grade. She was from Maine and she was concerned about world peace. When back in 1982, at one of the frostiest moments in the Cold War, this fifth grade girl wrote a letter to Soviet Union leader Yuri Andropov. She wrote, I've been worrying about Russia and the United States getting into a nuclear war. Are you going to vote to have a war or not? If you aren't, please tell me how you're going to help not have a war. Please write back. Amazingly, Andropov wrote her back, telling her that he wanted peace just as much as she did. And then he invited her and her parents to visit him in the Soviet Union, where she was treated like a superstar. Students at her elementary school, even today, 40 years later, learn about her peace mission. One student, Maika, said, Samantha communicated with love and kindness and she made the world a better place. Another named Hunter said, it makes me feel like even kids at my age can make a big world change. Today we see how two people were changed after being called by Jesus so that the world could be changed by following Jesus. Now, I want to speak directly to our third graders about this story. The rest of you can overhear and you may just hear a message for yourself. So third graders, open your Bibles to the story we read and find the word found. The word found appears three times in this passage. First, Jesus found Philip and offers him a simple invitation. Follow me. What does Philip do? He follows Jesus. And that's why you've been given Bibles today to help you to follow Jesus. Then Philip goes to find a friend to tell him about Jesus. That's the second found. Philip found Nathanael and told him we have found the one Moses wrote about in the Law and the Prophets, the third found. Have you ever told a friend about Jesus? When Philip tells his friend Nathanael about Jesus, his friend Nathanael's response is kind of mean. Why do people have to be so mean? You ever heard someone say something mean? Now, we do it to be funny sometimes. If you're a Georgia Tech fan, you might say something mean about Georgia. If you're an Alabama fan, you might say something mean about Auburn. But Nathaniel is serious. Nathaniel makes fun of Jesus' hometown, saying, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And the way most of us would respond is to say something mean right back. But because, Jesus, but because Philip has been following Jesus, he quotes Jesus instead of hitting back. When we follow Jesus, we start to sound like him. Come and see, says Philip, come and see. Philip doesn't argue with Nathaniel, but merely offers an invitation. Come and see for yourself.
So what do we learn from Philip? Number one, Philip followed Jesus. Number two, Philip told his friends about Jesus and led them to Jesus. Number three, when someone said something mean to Philip, he didn't say something mean back. And number four, he didn't argue with his friend. He just invited him to come and see for himself. We read our Bibles to see what Jesus said so our words can be more like his. When Jesus sees Nathanael, he doesn't say something mean back either. He doesn't make fun of Cana, where Nathanael is from, Nathanael's hometown. He pays Nathanael a compliment, telling him he is an honest man. Try that next time you find yourself in an argument. Take a deep breath of the Holy Spirit and say something nice to the other person. Compliment them. If you will, turn to Proverbs 15, page 728 in your Bibles. A gentle, gentle answer turns away wrath. Nathaniel is surprised by Jesus' compliment and becomes curious about Jesus. How do you know anything about me? Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. I saw you studying the word of God. And then Nathaniel calls Jesus teacher and the son of God confessing his faith. I guess that's the point of having a Bible and reading it more and more. The drip, drip, drip of scripture becomes a part of you. And you start to sound more like Jesus, not repaying insult for insult, but seeing the best in others so they can be their best selves. Inviting others to come and see what God is doing. I think that's the best way to share God's good news. Come and see it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Come and see what God is doing here at Dunwoody. Come and see what God is doing in our Connected Special Needs Sunday School class that just started last week. Come and see what God is doing in our Next Gen Kids and Youth Ministry. Come and see Night to Shine. Come and see our women's ministry, our men's ministry, our Stephen ministry. Come and see. Greater things will be done than these if you follow Jesus and come and see. I had the chance to honor two grandfathers this week. Both left a wonderful legacy for their families. Yet I was struck by something one of the grandfathers did. Every Christmas, Dwayne Hoover would write out a list of his favorite Bible verses by hand. And then he would make copies for everyone in the family. He laminated each one and then he gave those to his family members. What a great Christmas gift. The drip, drip, drip of God's word given to a grandchild every year, year after year. One grandson said this, Dwayne would always send him a scripture verse right before finals in college. Isn't that great? He said he would send me a verse and a case of Omaha steaks. What a giving grandpa, feeding his grandson's body and soul, feeding on God's word. If we'll unwrap the gift of scripture like our third graders have done, Jesus' words will become our words. And that's good news, not only for us, but also for others in our lives and for the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.